And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey folks, welcome to On to Waveland, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney, here to talk Cubs with you uh, following another series loss for the Cubs. Uh, that is actually the, what, they've lost every single series this year except for the opener to the Pirates and then the sweep of the Mets. Uh, I think their record, they're only four games under 500. They're, the saving grace is that they themselves have not been swept. You, you would expect a team that's lost every oh. other series to be <laughs> perhaps in a worse spot than that. So there we go. Spinning, lining as you, spinning to the positive. I like it. I'll, I'll, already. <laughs> yep. We're, we're two minutes in and I'm like, all right, I can, I can, I can put a gloss on this. Uh, you know, so that, that series with the Reds, I think, you know, you know what? I'll put another gloss on it. This and this isn't me saying like, "Oh, we should stay with it." The Cubs are going to really get back in this thing, baby, this year. But like, it was another one of those coin flip series. Like every series loss has been. I feel like it has had a Cubs win, a Cubs clear loss, and then a game that they well they could have won, but they didn't. And obviously, yesterday's game was that game in this Red series. Um, uh, what a, a great American ballpark record! Ten home runs between the teams. Just ridiculous back and forth. You know, had it ended differently, perhaps it would have been remembered more fondly among Cubs fans, but it it was a pretty fun one to to follow. Uh, But for the collision in the outfield between Nico Horner and Ian Happ, we'll we'll wait to hear how everybody's doing after that. But, uh, you know, is it... let 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 me start with this. Is it fair to say, not unlike the Freddie Freeman, Anthony Rizzo... Uh, you know, strikeout situation where it's coming in a blot. You should otherwise not enjoy that game, but you're able to have a little bit of fun because of a fun moment. You know, am I committing a crime if I say that yesterday's game was was still kind of fun, even though it like continues this grind of losing and disappointment for the Cubs? Because I thought it was kind of fun. I, I mean, I, you know, I was casually watching it, uh, and and my son would like come by, you know, a nice sunny day, so he'd like sit down for five minutes and watch oh no they're the reds have taken a bigger lead and we we happen to be sitting down and watching as ian happ hit the three-run homer that was a genuinely exciting moment right so that, that was that was one of those fun moments that you have during the regular season where uh it's like oh this game is probably over they've come back multiple times they're not gonna come back again are they and they did so yeah i i see where you're coming from there was a lot of action a lot of home runs i mean that that's exciting to see and you know they're, they have some players. Uh, the Cubs have a player playing like the MV, like an MVP candidate in Chris Bryant. That's fun to watch. Ian Happ having a nice bounce back was fun until he got hurt, right? So, I mean, there there were some moments that I can say clearly fun, and there were also some uh, – I just feel like it's almost like uh, 
wow, this is so prototypical of this season right now that the the offense looks good for a night and then parts of the bullpen that you were that that seemed like they were the strengths the 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 ones that you could rely on I, I think the Mills outing was the one that really shifted the game right he he seemed like he was going to get through that inning pretty easily at one point and then suddenly it just kind of fell apart with a couple of those hit batters and I think both hit batters were with two strikes if I'm remembering correctly at least the second one was a one-two count and, and it was just yeah that that was uh, I could see why you'd say that was fun, but also the relief outings for me. I was watching them. I was like, oh, this this guy could be a good story. Oh, Justin Steele just gave up a long home run. And then it's like, all right, let's – this may be what this season is right now. That was the curse of the pregame line of questioning of people asking about, like, Steele and Maples and how the bullpen's looking and then – uh, we forgot. I mean, Tony Walters trying to steal home. I like. I. I was like, did that just happen? Can, yeah, like, wait, what can is we, going on? The leadoff yes. hitter is up. The red yes. pitcher's on the ropes, and like the third catcher is trying to steal home. Like, what is going on? That was. I mean, it was like so gloriously bad because so he did not have a good jump. There wasn't a good lead walking down the line. It wasn't as if the pitcher and catcher had developed some sort of weird system where he's like, oh, I see they're doing these crazy lobs or he's misthrowing. I can do this. There was no reason whatsoever to do what he did. None. And he did. And he was out by like 30 feet. And yet he was still almost safe with the little like okey doke slide underneath, man. Oh, everyone thinks they're El Mago. That I, I, I want like a clip of just all these other Cubs base runners over the years. Thinking they're El Mago and then getting called out and running into outs. And like at the end of the Joe Madden era, it was like, okay, we, we need to tighten this up. And I think you're going to see this year some of some more lapses, El Mago included. But that was, that was just a weird one. I, I couldn't believe that one. Yes, that was – yeah, it's, it was almost – unfortunately easy to forget after everything that came after it but yeah don't want to lose that that uh and dab review was bs i'm just saying <laughs> yeah you know this is i got a rant on this at least once a year and it's this the replay review standard is not that you look at the play fresh and decide what to call it is the call in the field stands unless you have clear and convincing evidence otherwise. And man, I'm not saying New York didn't have another camera angle. Maybe they did. I'm just saying from my view, yep, I think probably his foot was hovering at the moment of the tag. I think probably. But I don't think definitely. I don't think clear and convincingly. That call in the field should stand, and we should have had an outrageous steal of home. Cubs would have won the game, by the way. Just saying. you know, <laughs> Butterfly wings and all. All right. Had to, had to get that out. Uh, so you mentioned it's a hot, you know, certainly a plus from yesterday's game and really for all year and, and particularly the past week as Chris Bryant continues to just absolutely rake. And he's what's what is most compelling about it is there's very little in the results that you could even suggest are fluky. Like he's getting a little bit more power production than his numbers would suggest uh, under the hood that he should be getting. But really, otherwise, he's just like normal, good, healthy Chris Bryant. And getting outrageous production because of it. And um, man, I, I know that ends up leading us to some other awkward conversations. I'll leave that to Mooney to introduce <laughs> since he wrote about it. But, uh, you know, it's it's certainly it's nice to see. Look, it's early May. I still feel emboldened enough to just be like, I'm just going to enjoy this. I'm just enjoying it. He's great. He's one. Of the, he's a clear top three player in the National League right now. And that is really fun to see. 
I think for me, it's it's uh, it's a positive because I was starting. I've always been a if Chris Bryant is healthy, he will produce guy, right? But after last, so this is really all about you. <laughs> you enjoy it because it makes you look good. Yeah, I, I, get, well, I get it. Yes, yeah. That, hey, wait. Can I ask you when? When Rex Brothers struck out the side, were you like, see? Hell yes. I told you. That's my boy. <laughs> I think I was driving to a to or back from a, a Little League game. I can't even remember anymore. It's been my life, I feel like, the past few weeks. But, uh, yes, I do. I, I definitely heard it, and I was like, yeah, there's a little another little tidbit of information that I'm going to file away when I when I smack talk how I was right about Rex Brothers. Uh, but <laughs> but you pull over to the side of the road to tweet out yeah, your story yeah. again. <laughs> Did you guys <laughs> see Rex Brothers strike up the side? Here's why. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, like I think it was for me, it was a reminder because I was starting to doubt again, like after a long winter and all the trade rumors and uh, two, like it was a bad season, a bad ending to 2019 and a bad 2020, right, for Bryant. And it was like, OK, is it just the injuries? I'd almost forgotten that, yes, when he's healthy, this is who he is. And it's a nice reminder that, OK, here we go. He's healthy. He's out there. He can play. And he's one of the best offensive players in baseball. It's. You know, I, I think people still have a there. There's still a, a segment of people that just don't agree with that for some reason. And I don't really understand it. But it, it's as simple as healthy equals great. That's all it is with Chris Bryant. And he's he's proven it over and over and over again. Uh, and I, I it, it's nice to see him having fun again out there and really uh, dominating on the field. And, and he can you know, he, he's a special player. uh I don't know how much longer we'll get to see it in a Cubs uniform, but it's nice that it's happening now. All right, Brett. So I tweet out my KB story this morning, and I get an immediate response from you. This is going to get you in some trouble, Mooney. And I was just curious uh, what the issue was. Well, of... not not with me. Like, so, I mean, we can touch on this, but, like, I think the three of us know the score with respect to – if Chris Bryant continues to perform at this level, if the Cubs continue to perform at this level, the, there are going to be trade talks, period. That's just what's going to happen because I think we we justifiably anticipate that an extension is not forthcoming. And so the Cubs have to decide, do we you know, get some value now? Um, which at this point could be pretty meaningful. I mean, I, I know that the landscape has changed for the value of rental hitters uh, at the deadline, but it still can be pretty darn meaningful. And, uh, or they take it to free agency and, and try to hold on to him and, and, you know, figure it out then. Fine, whatever. But the the reality is for, for us as um, writers and what have you, is when you put that out there, especially in early May, he's doing so well. Um, I just, I, I, I fear for you. The, the, the avalanche <laughs> of people who just like, in fact, I don't even think they think he, that a, a new deal is going to get done. It's just that they don't want to think about it right now. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want to confront that, um, particularly because I think you know he's doing so well now and performing so well for the first time in a long time. It's like, oh, just let me, just let me breathe, Mooney. Just let me okay. breathe, Gallagher. I, I was, <laughs> I was curious because I, I waited until a month in. And that there are certain things you tweet out. Like when I wrote about the Rizzo Freeman stuff, I was like, I know that's going to trigger people either way, like no matter what. But this I thought was just kind of straightforward of like, Chris Bryant is playing awesome. The Dodgers are an awesome team. 
there's going to be something there at some point. That doesn't mean he's going to be in Dodger blue this summer, but the Dodgers are that team that always lurks on anything and everything, and they want impact, high-end guys, and that is certainly Chris Bryant right now. And I totally agree with Sahada. The equation is healthy equals great player, and that's kind of what it's always been throughout his amateur and professional career. And, you know, I remember a long time ago I had a conversation with a editorial executive and his philosophy, what he wanted to see, which I think was right, is – He's like, every day when I read something, I want to know how is this getting my team closer to a championship? Like if you're a fan. And so I try to like put, not every story goes down that road, but if you're looking at Chris Bryant right now and you're a Cubs fan and you're kind of wondering the end game, I think this is it, you know, and maybe it's the Dodgers driving up the price uh, for the Cubs and he goes somewhere else. And I think the other weird part of this is that all the kind of backlash to KB of why he wasn't the MVP every single year between 27 and 2020 is now like, oh, wait, he's a really, really good player, and he's not going to be playing at Wrigley Field every day anymore. Like, wow, I really gonna, I'm really i going to miss that. And the Cubs are getting a lot of best-case scenarios from the Craig Kimbrels, the Chris Bryants, Wilson Contreras went healthy. I mean, a lot of things that the Cubs had their fingers crossed on are happening, and they're still in last place. Yeah, I wonder if attitudinally people will come around. You know, back in 2012, 2013, 2014, the Cubs weren't expected to be good. We've talked about this before. And and I think people were very quick to absorb and be on board with the idea that by the time May rolled around, it was like, okay, let's see some good individual performances because we need to set up June and July to, to maximize trade returns. And... There is no sense of that right now. At least, I mean, there are a few people generally, but I mean, I've got my thumb pretty good on the pulse of Cups fandom right now. And you don't have that wholesale adoption of like, oh, actually things are going really well right now because Craig Kimbrell's pitching well because Chris Bryant's playing well because the Cubs are going to have so many good trade pieces. Um, People are just not sold on that idea and into it. And I, I wonder if that, switch flips because the Cubs continue to underperform. Uh, I think it's more likely the Cubs just kind of languish around 500 and that makes things dodgier. Um, And I just, it's very hard for me to see a world where people think about like Javi Baez's trade value, you know, or, or Anthony Rizzo's deadline trade value. Maybe Chris Bryant because he's been on the block for so long. Um, But ironically, the better he performs now, the less I think people are going to be like excited about him, you know, netting an impact prospect. And so I I don't know, maybe this is a little meta, but like, I almost don't know how to get over that hump of like, how am I supposed to talk about this? Uh, You know, when am I supposed to flip that switch to be like, okay, look, we got to talk about trade value. We got to talk about why it's good that he's playing so well. We got to talk about what a realistic trade return is, all these things. And and that was kind of what went into my comment to you, Mooney, not because you're wrong, but because I just, my sense is people are just not there yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I get why they're not there yet. It's May, it's early May and, and it's probably, you know, nobody wants to be giving up on the season as a fan in early May. Right. And I don't think as, as much as I feel like the Cubs are what they are and probably a team that hovers around 500 for most of the year and, and could 
be plus or minus five either way. You know, I, I just, you know, I, I also, you know, it's hard to want to just dismiss everything and say this is a team that has to sell. And, and this is what it looks like, especially this is what I keep coming back to when you talk about that 2013, 2014 Look at the system, okay? Yes, it's been over a year since we've seen uh, anything. It's a different player development group. It's a different amateur uh, scouting group. Sure, maybe changes have have led to good things. We we don't really know that outside of you know stories here and there and tidbits that we can gather. But it, even with all that, there's no impact prospect that we know of in the system. There's no Javier Baez. There's no Chris Bryant. Uh, where's I mean, how many top 10 prospects did the Cubs have back then? How many top 40 prospects did the, did the Cubs have back then? A lot, right? There, there was Solaire, Schwarber ended up in that group. Addison Russell was a top five prospect back then. There were do, like half a dozen players to be really excited about. And then every year after that, when they started coming up, there was another one or two in that top 50. Right now, arguably, the Cubs don't have a top 50 prospect, depending on who you talk to and, and what lists you're looking at or just scouts around baseball that you talk to i mean they have nice players but there's no impact guy that you can uh, you know put a bullet next to and say this guy will be who they build around ed howard looks interesting christian hernandez could be a superstar someday we hasn't played a game yet we don't know neither of them have played professional games uh so i think for me that's that's where it's hard to well you can't buy into a cell right now because it's like hey we already have this nice system let's keep building and and in by 2022 this is a team by 2023 whatever this is a team that's going to be impact you don't have that you just have nothing that you can cling to right now uh if you're pushing a cell uh so i i get why fans don't want to jump in and, and talk about a cell right now it, but it's the reality i mean it's that's what this season is about uh, it's what it's turning into. They're four games under 500. They have three against the Dodgers. I, I think it would be a huge win for them. And I would really be surprised if they can come out of this, uh, out of these next three games and not be worse off, right? Just winning this series would be, I, I, I think that I speak for all of us. We just talked, we just started the podcast about the one, two series all season. If they win a series against the Dodgers, I, I know the Dodgers aren't playing like peak Dodgers, but still. I don't expect the Cubs to – I think they're facing three of their best pitchers too. It's just – I mean, for me, I I think they need to – we need to see some results from the minor league system to get kind of hyped for this next phase. Uh, that's, that's happening this week, right? And maybe a hot month for whoever, Brennan Davis or, or Ed Howard or whoever it may be, someone that surprises us, Ryan Jensen – and and all of a sudden they're getting buzzed because scouts are seeing them and like, whoa, this guy's different. Like this is clearly a different player that we haven't seen in over a year. And that I think maybe by June you could you could hope that's that's like the best case scenario, right? And that these guys that you talked about as trade bait continue to go that way and they can get an impact prospect for one of them somehow, uh, which is just doesn't happen much anymore either. So uh Wow, that that was uh, that that's a lot of ifs and and not a lot of positives, I guess. So I'm sorry for doing that, but that's I I feel like they're just in I this like weird I, I place. I felt like you were trying to be a little optimistic, and then you just kind of <laughs> talked yourself out of it. Like you were trying to be the voice of reason, then you're like, oh wait, this is even worse than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not. I mean, there's no clear way path to 
to winning right now. And and I feel like that's that that's part of I mean, Jed knows that. Jed knows that there's no superstar in the system and he has all these challenges ahead of him. So he he has to nail a couple things and hope for some real development this season. This season is about watching the system and watching the trade deadline right now. Unless they suddenly go on a hot streak over the next two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever. That's what this season is about, nailing the deadline and hoping for some big leaps in the system. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We'll, um, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of, I guess, wrap it there at the discussion of the minor league system because I think you raise a really good point, Sahadev, that um, I hadn't explicitly thought about tying it to like what people are feeling about the big league team this year in terms of like what they're rooting for and, and the energy uh, because maybe, but maybe that is a big factor. We haven't had a minor league season for over a year and a half. We haven't been in that mode of really being invested in prospects and the the future and these kinds of things for longer than that years before that and maybe in a world where the minor leagues come back this week some guys look great there's guys getting buzz that maybe reframes things for people a bit and and it isn't as though i'm necessarily rooting for the minor league system to be good so that we can root for the cubs to sell off it's more that i think i like all fans just want to have an angle to like my fandom, you know, when the Cubs are rebuilding, it's like, I know what I can wrap my head around that. I know what I'm rooting for. I know what I'm excited about. Uh, whereas right now, like you said, it's, it's very hard to imagine a world where like the Cubs are great in 2022. I mean, I think we should, we shouldn't let it pass without mentioning a lot of financial flexibility after the season, just saying. Uh, but it's it's hard to imagine because you you need those supplements from the minor league system to come up and really make an impact and that's a longer term proposition. Love the Cubs farm system down, you know, talking 20, 19, 18 year olds. I think they have one of the best groups in baseball. I really do. I don't think I'm being a homer. I think that's that's legit and I think most pundits would agree. But the problem is when that's the strongest part of your farm system, one, it's very far away. And two, there's a lot of risk, a lot of risk between developing those guys and, and when you actually get there. And so I don't I don't want to think I don't want to rip anyone, but I, I will say that looking at the Iowa roster, do it <laughs> looking at the Iowa roster, maybe say, oh, boy, if there are some injuries this season could could turn. I mean, it's, it's already four games under 500 a month in. Oof, that could that's not going to be pretty. There's nobody that you can plug in and be like, "Yeah, I feel good. I feel really good about 
Chris Bryant going down, going down for a couple weeks, or Javier Baez out for a couple weeks. That's not. It's not going to be a good situation with what they have in AAA. They're they're perfectly fine, like bench players, I'm sure, but those aren't. There's no guy that you can plug in there. That AAA roster is just like, yeah, that's n- that's not going to get it done as far as a team competing that needs depth uh, beyond uh, beyond what they have at the major league level, which I guess tells tells yeah, a certainly. lot about this team right now. We know we know they're not really a true competitor with with what they're putting out there. Well, it really, it just, it highlighted the waves concept so much for me when those rosters came out on Friday and you saw where the prospect concentrations were and just, just how starkly they were, you know, um, congregated at the lower levels. It's like, oh, well, that's the wave, you know, and it's like, oh boy, this really is the, the low tide portion of, um, roster and organization construction. And, and I'll, I'll leave it the optimistic note and then I'll let Mooney take a shot at it if, if he wants but I, I I do think it is possible because we didn't have a minor league year last year and because the Cubs did invest heavily in the development infrastructure right before things shut down it is conceivable that games get underway guys get going and and we and others take note that oh quite a few guys took further steps forward um, during the shutdown for the Cubs than for other organizations. And maybe they're in a better spot than we think. And um, it's possible. I don't think anybody, you can't predict something like that because every single person who's evaluating every single organization right now is saying the same thing. Um, but I, I, I leave myself open to that possibility. Now, of course, what's going to happen is when the minor league season opens tomorrow and every Cubs affiliate gets crushed and, and everybody yeah. has one bad game, People are going to be like, see, even the farm system is wrecked. <laughs> Everything is just a disaster with this organization. Uh, so I leave open that possibility, too. <laughs> right. I, no, I'll, I'll give you this, Brett. I think the Cubs have been very honest about their weaknesses over the years and have made dramatic changes in just about every piece of the op- operation. And we'll see if it works or not, as Sadev says, or is a ton of financial flexibility coming. Um, we'll see how much of it is actually going to be there for Jed's baseball operation department, but that's a whole nother podcast. And look, I mean, David Ross and his coaching staff are accomplished. They, they know what they're doing. Jed Hoyer has what three world series rings. He's not in over his head. He knew exactly what he was getting into. Uh, an extension for one of these star players isn't totally out of the realm of possibility. And, you know, I think you've seen it here of some of the, they do have strong individual players. You're seeing it here through April and into May. They just need more and more of it. And, you know, maybe, you know, the Cubs have to do some, you know, less, some more inelegant ways of building it back up and, you know, spending some money and like, you know, buying some time for these youngsters. Like it doesn't have to be this like perfectly methodical, like one year rebuild. So just go out and do it. And and I think Cubs fans will also probably change their outlook when more and more of them can get back into Wrigley field. I know for myself, like watching these games at home, like on my couch and trying to cover this team, like it definitely is uh suboptimal as Joe Madden would say. And I think as things kind of get, into more of a rhythm and more normal, I think, you know, people will um, kind of, you know, appreciate that because, you know, 
Wrigley is probably like the best thing the Cubs have going for them historically. And I think whenever you step inside there, um, it's usually a, a good day. Right on. That's that is what a great way to leave that. <laughs> um, you know, and hopefully it plays out that way um, this week for the Cubs. Uh, they got the Dodgers for three. And like Sahadev said, if the Cubs could take two of these three, I think uh, it doesn't change the story of a season or anything, but it at least sets it up like, okay, maybe maybe there's more competitiveness here. And I think, um, you know, our worries about the rotation probably <laughs> wouldn't go away. Uh, but it would at least just be, um, I don't know, it, it, it puts a different color on a conversation like the one that we've had with you for uh, the past 30 minutes here on Onto Waveland. It's Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor. Catch my stuff at Bleach Nation. That's Sadif Sharma and Patrick Mooney. You can get their stuff at The Athletic. Uh, as mentioned, they have uh, a fantastic preview piece out on the Cubs farm system development infrastructure, start of the minor league season. If you are at all into that stuff or if you've been missing it like crazy like I have, definitely check it out. It's a good read. Lots of... Um, deep dive names in there for you too so uh as for us get our podcast wherever you get your podcasts subscribe rate review and we will be back at you later this week to talk cubs thanks and take care As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.